Welcome to The Wheel Reads, a Wheel of Time podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Chris, and Ian. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 38 and 39 of The Dragon Reborn, Maidens of the Spear, and Threads in the Pattern. Enjoy! Welcome to season three, episode 15 again. Um, so <laughs> if you guys have been following us on Twitter or on our Discord, you know now that last Tuesday we recorded this entire episode to find out that none of it actually worked because Zencaster decided just to. They came up with a new version of Zencaster, and I'm going to go on a little rant for a second. And whenever a company comes out with a new version of anything, there's usually bugs. So wait to you know, keep it in beta. Until and don't force everybody into the new platform until, yeah, um, it's ready because it was, yeah, super annoying. The fact that we recorded for hours I mean, it was like three hours of recording, just gone. So, so we're gonna do this again. Um, I apologize if anything's a little awkward because we've actually recorded our next episode already. So, episode 16 of season three is already recorded. Um, so it's going to be a little, little strange, but we'll, we'll get through it. Um, the will weaves. So, the, the will weaves. The will be messing up lately though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The will, the, the, the wheel is going, going crazy. A couple of announcements that I made last week that I'll remake again for the sake of the podcast is one. We do have one new patron. Um, I guess, uh, it's now a couple weeks ago, but, for this recording sushi thank you so much um, we really appreciate it yeah so we appreciate that um i'm not oh, gonna yeah, announce any, uh, sushi. oh yeah one of the other ones was 1200 uh twitter followers we did hit that number that was another number i announced last time i recorded so we're still there um yeah and our location for this episode uh that we want to thank our discord our, or not this, our, our listeners from is Indonesia. As I mentioned last time I recorded, I'm going to keep on saying that throughout the night. Um, as I said, last time I recorded, um, I spent a lot of time in Indonesia. It's a, it's dear and near to my heart. Um, love the country, love the people, uh, travel while sailing on a sailboat throughout the entire country. Um, not the entire country, not all thousands and thousands of islands that, that makes up, but uh, quite a few of them. Um, and, and, you know, climb mountains, volcanoes, all sorts of fun stuff while there. Um, learned a little language. So as I'll say again, Teramakasi, which means thank you um, in Indonesian. Um, thank you for listening. Cool. So, yeah, it, it was actually really funny. I learned enough of the language to get around and I would use it in places that at times they thought I spoke fluent. I, they, they thought they thought I spoke fluent Indonesian because, um, you know, I would like go in and order like, uh, go to like a Seven Eleven and and buy some beer or something like that. And the entire interaction, I knew every single word for the interaction in Indonesian. So it was, um, you know, I would ask for the beer, you know, ask how much, and then pay for it, and then say thank you. And then the, the person behind the counter was like, "Wait, do you speak Indonesian?" And I was like, "No," and just walked out. <laughs> you got all of it right there. <laughs> you got everything I know. No, no, don't speak it. Um, yeah, which I, I think, uh, what is it? Yeah, bagus means no. Bagus, yeah. 
I'll come back. Uh, it's been a long time since I spoke it. But yeah, so welcome from Indonesia. Um, and then um, next week, which was a couple hours ago, I give away a Discord prize. So yeah, join our Discord because occasionally I do give away stuff. And um, uh, sometimes it's on Twitter, sometimes it's on our Discord. Uh, maybe eventually if we grow enough on Facebook and Instagram, I'll start doing giveaways there too. But that's where most of our following is. So thank you first dibs. Um, and then we do have a guest tonight. Um, back again is Jake, one of our patrons. So um, one of our, our hidden patron perks. Um, it's not a listed perk for patron. Um, just occasionally we will ask a patron to come on board. It's not like a certain level or anything like that. Um, it's just, hey, if you... Um, Become a patron, there might be a chance that we say, hey, you want to come and record with us? So, Jake is vibe. on. Hello. Yeah. Glad to be back again. Yeah. yeah. So, tell us a little bit about your Wheel of Time experience to make Ian and Chris jealous and, and pissed off. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I started about eight years ago. Um, I'm currently on my fifth read-through and uh, listening to them uh explore the world for their first time is really a treat for me so i thank you guys for doing what you're doing it's a lot of fun cool thanks for tasty yeah that is very true (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then um another thing as well is that next week or a couple hours ago we'll have andrew on on for an episode (laughs) so if you're listening to (laughs) this uh yeah on this on tuesday uh, next week, or as uh, i.e. a few hours ago, um, we'll record with Andrew. We're <laughs> in a time loop, man. It's I know so it's nice. it's, it's so trippy. trippy. But just it, tune into us again hard. next week. Was it, does this count as a flicker? Is it? Did we just flicker? I, I think oh. we flickered. I think <laughs> I think this can be considered a flicker. Yeah. Now, as far as personal life goes, a week ago, I got a new AC HVAC unit, AC heating unit put in because the other one busted. Um, I can actually sense it. So in a week now, I can report on it. It's working great. The only problem is, and maybe these new units are just like this. When we got a new unit downstairs, because we have two units, upstairs unit, downstairs unit, um, uh, downstairs started getting really dry all the time because it just was, I don't know if it's just super efficient or just gets everything dry but uh now upstairs really dry too so like my wife's like now we need to buy a whole house humidifier because everything's just super dry in the house um i guess it's working well but it's yeah definitely dry. yeah that's why they tend to like try to sell you one to go on to the system yeah yeah i guess yeah we got i mean we got a nice one for downstairs because it's the bigger unit i mean upstairs parts a smaller part of the house it's like really tiny upstairs so it's the smallest unit they have, and we did not splurge on that one. We were just like, yeah, just just get something that works. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, plus I did, you know, this has been a pretty mild winter. I say mild winter. We had some cold, cold weeks, but um, the summers in Virginia are atrocious, and I do not want a broken AC unit, especially upstairs in the summertime. Yeah, the humidity gets thick here, as it does anywhere where you're around this much water, but it stays humid. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's not uncommon for the heat index to hit uh, triple digits, even up to the 110 uh, yeah. mark, I mean, it, it, especially in August. So it gets hot, um, and I, I'm not trying to convert that to Celsius. So whatever that is, you guys do the math. Use Google. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's um, a smaller number, but I don't know how to do that. Yeah, and then as, 
uh, how about you guys' personal life? I know, I don't know if you guys remember from last week. I know we just talked about our personal life again. So if it's just a repeat, you guys can say like, you know what? Let's just move on. <laughs> I mean, unless anybody remembers what I said, I have no clue what happened last week. I don't even know what happened two nights ago. Most of y'all know why. But um, you were you were yeah. preparing for a date last week. Yeah. Well. Oh. So it, I was. Uh, am was how do I say this? <laughs> I was getting ready for. Um, I don't. I don't want to call it a date, but a get together with a coworker. Um, yesterday, and I guess I won't reveal how that worked out because. You know, that'll be the next episode. But yeah, it, it, it's not like a date date. It was just, uh, we've been kind of, you know, lingering after the Zoom calls in the office and talking and chatting a little bit. And similar age, both single, all that jazz. So we figured we'd uh, get together and grab a beer. Yeah. Sounds a lot like a date to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to call it that because then somehow I jinx it. And it just, I don't know. I can't, I'm Does at that point right now. Yeah, I can't decide if I just had walls built up that I didn't know were there, and I'm sabotaging, or if like I'm really just striking out with the people I'm connecting with and meeting up with. I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna assume it's not me and it's them because that's what I do. Because you're awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. I would do it. Too. Yay! Aww. Yeah, that's only because you've seen me post what I cook. I said, yes, exactly. <laughs> if they saw that, they would date you too. I posted a couple of my meals, and Chris jumped in my DMs and was like, "Bro, if you're cooking, I'm coming over." <laughs> nice. It's totally legal in Virginia now. We'll get hitched. Just boom. <laughs> Speaking of things legal in Virginia, they legalized marijuana today in Virginia. The 16th state to legalize marijuana. Yeah. Um, no. legalized today. My brother has a drug test coming up. Will he be okay now? Um, I believe so. I mean, so it wouldn't affect immediately as far as legalization. Uh, sales for commercial use will not be going into effect until 2024 because I guess they're trying to do it through the state. So uh, they're going to try to build up infrastructure. I don't know. They're, I guess there's a bunch of other stuff that's going to it. But as far as just legality of having it i think it's legal now um interesting yeah they have, they have to build up the infrastructure in such a way that only the people that are friends of the senators and delegates make money off of it so exactly if you're not part of the lobby <laughs> if you didn't already have a lot of money you are not allowed to be an entrepreneur here that will still really <laughs> i'm just making that up but i'm willing to bet that's true no i'm pretty sure that's <laughs> what happened here in arkansas oh yeah <laughs> so I heard so, that yeah, so, legalized in uh, Alabama, which is funny because Alabama still doesn't have a lottery because lottery is the devil. But, lottery is the devil. Yeah. <laughs> eh, well, say la vie. So, yeah. Um, uh, Chris, what about you? Personal life, anything? I mean, I know you were busy last week. You're probably still busy. <laughs> I am busy. Like, I, I don't actually know what I reported during that time other than we're like, amping up to be back in person so like and that happens a week from tomorrow so got covid shots coming up in the near future and everything else mm-hmm. this time and just anxious to figure it all out cool. excuse me and jake anything new in your life no um <laughs> no not really uh, got my cool. first dose done. I got a second dose coming up in a couple weeks, and Exciting. that's about it. 
Nice. That's exciting. Yep. Working on that herd immunity. Bumped up those numbers. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I yep. um I signed up for the shot and got a, I got a text message the other night from Virginia Department of Health saying you've been registered. But that's about it. Hell yeah. Said, we'll, we'll let you know when you can have one. Uh-huh. Yeah. So still with, waiting there. With me still being in reserves, uh, I'm not signing up. I just, I assume when they're ready for us to have it, we're going to show up and they're going to stick us in the arm. That's that's how it works. Yeah, so, that's how it works in the Army. Exactly. Um, yeah. it, it'll happen when it happens. Yeah. Well, for next week, you guys get a little bit different because we didn't have predictions because we hadn't finished recording this episode. So for this week, we'll do predictions from two weeks ago. <laughs> so, um, so one of the predictions I had written down was that the dream ring belongs to Lanfear, um, that Fael is a princess, uh, that Rand will unite the Aiel, and Lan is the man. So, Lan is definitely the man. That one is solid. Lan's always the man. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, so let's jump right into this chapter. So we're on... Chapter 38, Maidens of the Spear. And the icon's the Wheel of Time symbol, I think, for both these chapters. So the wheel with the snake and all that good stuff. So let's go right into it. Um, so as Ian said two weeks ago, Egwene embraces Sidar. And as soon as this uh, person steps out in front of him, uh, and they realize it's a woman, and realize it's Aiel, um, which kind of surprises them, obviously. Um, you know, um, Egwene's never met an Aiel, I believe, at this point. Egwene and Anive have not met him. All of her other characters have met. Yeah, they've met one. Did Brian. they? Oh, yeah. Well, that, but he's not <laughs> a confirmed. So yeah, um, but they they meet this uh this woman, um, and you know, uh, yeah, it says Egwene's never seen an Aiel before, um, and from the descriptions. You know, um, that, that she thought that this woman had to be what they call the uh, the Fars de Mai, or the Maidens of the Spear, um, warrior woman. And the woman introduces herself as Avienda. Well, even funnier, though, just going back to, to Ian's point, she also made the comment she couldn't understand it. She looked like Rand's cousin. That's why. I mean, she had an affinity towards the woman. It's because she looked just like she could be Rand's cousin. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's kind of a type of kinship there, and it couldn't she couldn't stifle her curiosity. She wanted to know what they were doing there and why they were in that area. So, there sure, we go. yeah, cool, yeah. So, um, after they introduce um, hurt themselves, then they they have this really awkward moment where they have these interchanges because Evienda introduced herself as you know as the Aiel of the Tardad st- sapped and all this formal introduction and Egwene's like, I'm Egwene, uh, I guess, of the Two Rivers, daughter yeah. of Bran <laughs> and... <laughs> I'm, I'm Egwene. My, my, my good friends call me Eggie, but uh, you can call me Egwene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Egwene yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, and, you know, Avianda sees uh, the rings and knows they're from the White Tower um, um, and Elaine the entire time is trying to show off her knowledge of, of Aiel as well. So you have this this interaction. So if you guys want to talk about this for a bit, um, it's up to you. But uh, as far as the, that first interaction and yeah, I got I got to slide back just a little bit. Um, 
so Egwene right off the bat embraced Sidon, and she held on to it for a while. Um, and so it kind of shows a couple of things going on here. She has much more control um, than she did even the last time, the time before. It's like every time she runs into it now, it just seems more automatic and she could control it. And she's more competent with it because she said, uh, I had the line underlined, but there was something about, um, oh, I lost it, where she had no fear, you know, because she had Sidar. She wasn't worried about what was going to go down because if she needed to thump him with lightning or throw some earth at him, she was prepared. So super confident. But all the while, as she's uh, embracing Sidar, she's sizing up everybody. She's looking at Nynaeve and like, well, maybe Nynaeve is just not angry enough. Um, and she looks at the other girl and she's like, uh, maybe she's naive. And then she starts thinking about how men in general are naive and just all this stuff going through her head in this moment where, I don't know, I think not that long ago, Egwene would have been freaking out a little bit more, but just very confident and holding on to the, the, the true source and getting ready to drop bombs on him as she needs to. Yeah. I completely agree with that. The only other thing that caught my attention is the uh, through the read-through was the word we. Like, Avienda uses we, 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 we. And you have Egwene who's like, why does she keep saying we? There's nobody else here. Like, I'm looking around. I don't see anybody. Like, she's scoping out the the farthest person away, or the closest person has to be um, too far to even shoot a bow at us. Um, but of course, I can hurl lightning was kind of her thoughts. So it just goes to show the skill that the um, the maidens have. Yeah. Well, because not long after, uh, a bunch of them pop up very close, and Egwene totally didn't see him. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. So Avianda then's like, well, since you guys are from the White Tower, um, you got someone over here that's kind of hurt. Uh, could you come help? And um, Nynaeve confirms that they are from the White Tower and says, sure, we'll go assist. So the next scene, they go over to her companion, Dyland, and you meet some other IEL. So you meet Chiad, Bane, um, Jolene, and Dyland, who are also made into the spear. And Dylan is the one that's wounded, um, I guess, with a fight with some Kyrian soldiers. So in this next scene, while Nynaeve is tending to Dylan's wounds and getting super angry, you learn more about the Aiel customs and we start getting into about sister wives. And our wife, <laughs> well, the first, first, sisters. first sisters. Yeah. First sisters. Where they marry, and they marry the same man. And all, yeah, you get some of this interesting. Well, they're not they're not marrying the same men, but sure. First sisters, when they're getting into so Egwene is like, but like you don't like men, and they're like, oh, uh, I think this is getting lost in translation because <laughs> what you're saying is kind of true, but not really true. A man has a purpose, and uh, we'll use him for that purpose, but um, you know he's going to come to both of us, not just one, and then it's okay. Right. And then when we're done. Mm -hmm. Using him for that, he just goes along as a merry way. <laughs> yeah. 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 Unless we really like him, then one of us will keep him around. Yeah. Yeah. And you get and you get this uh and you know, a whole entire story about um yeah, you know, uh, I guess he comes to the dawn as well. Um and, and they're talking about um 
I yield our, our maidens of the spear getting pregnant. That's nothing they get into. And like, well, if they're wed to the spear and they're not supposed to wed a man, like, and it's like, oh no, well, our prophecy says that a maiden of the spear will have he who comes with the dawn. So it's kind of an honor. We all try to get pregnant, but we don't yeah, marry them. Don't raise them. They don't raise the kids <laughs> yeah. either. So they get pregnant, have the kid, somebody else raises them. So right. yeah, they try to make the babies. And, and then the ones that are raising them, <clears throat> excuse me, are very excited to do so because they're hoping to get the one. The Neo. Right. The Neo. So it's it's this very, very strange uh, culture, and it's definitely foreign to all of them, and they're completely puzzled by it. But also, at the same time, the Ayel are completely puzzled by, by you know, all of them. Um, you know, and they even even things such as a river, and they go into that, uh, crossing water, and, you know, you get into the whole aspect of that the Ayel waste is a desert and there is no water really. And there's no rivers except for little trinkles of streams and none of them know how to swim. And uh, um, yeah, so they're terrified of any large body of water, which there's plenty of where they are. In fact, they're right next to a river while they're having this conversation. Yeah. So, and it, so that they're talking about, well, how'd you get here? You had to cross water at some point and they're like, well, we use bridges where we can. And then, uh, you know, when we had to, we, we got a couple logs strapped together and kind of floated them across and made a little raft. Well, they called it a ship, but yeah. not a ship. It's a little Tom Sawyer <laughs> sort of thing to get across the water. Yeah. Which building your own raft is actually kind of tough. Um, not as easy as it looks. Not as easy as it makes it in TV. It's really, like, I've thought not- about it, but. Well, yeah, when they I was didn't a kid, really need a, a proper raft. They just needed something to get across. Like they could could have just yeah, they could have just held on to it. Yeah, when I was a kid, um, my parents moved to the river. I think when I was in fourth grade, and they did like a small addition onto the house, and there was a lot of leftover like plywood. And of course, me being a kid, I was like in fifth grade. I was like, oh, I'm just going to nail all these boards together, and make myself a raft, so I can go on the river and and row around. Well. I spent hours nailing together all of the the boards. And, you know, the thing about it is like on land, that's pretty, it's a pretty solid structure and water with waves, like two waves and it started breaking apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, falling, like, like literally all the boards just falling off. I'm like, yeah, well that didn't work. <laughs> yeah, man. I know when, yeah. when I read this, um, what sprung into mind, I mean, I guess I know now this isn't the case. I've traveled around enough, but uh, when I was, you know, high school, college, just starting out as a young adult, it was always so weird for me to run into people that didn't know how to swim. And I mean, I guess we had some folks like that in school growing up, but I, I just live in where we live and it's not just the access to the, the rivers and the ocean and everything, but pools galore in all the neighborhoods and uh i just i i can't remember not being able to swim like yeah. I, if i tried my hardest i i was probably by the time i was walking my parents were teaching me to swim and by teaching me to swim i mean they threw me in and they were like good luck <laughs> you know yeah. we, didn't, we didn't do those, none of that yeah so. yeah it's speaking of that i mean I, I didn't tell this story last week but now you just reminded me of it like it baffled me when i was like how people can be so terrified of water growing up, growing up here. And when I was in high school, um, like I, I was saying, my parents lived on the water and there's a little John boat about a mile out. Um, and we're sitting there in the afternoon, it was, it was a Saturday and all of a sudden a flare went off. They fired a flare. <laughs> 
So immediately I was like, well, I'll go help them. So I ran down to our pier. We had a boat. I lowered the boat in the water, got in the boat, zipped over to them. And I was like, what's going on? Like our motor broke. And I was like, what's low tide? And they're like, yeah, but we don't have to swim. And I was like, no, literally I jumped off my boat and it's like waist deep. And I was like, it's, it's waist deep water here. Like you could walk your boat to shore. Like what he's like, can you tell us? And I was like, no, literally you can jump off right now. I was like, no, we're, we're scared. We don't have to swim. I was like, it's waist deep. Like, like I don't, where's the miscommunication? Just, just walk your boat to shore. Put your feet back, little John. Yeah, did you, did you, did you try standing up? That's perfect. Uh, so yeah. Thinking, um, when you said that, I was thinking that because either from your house or that little neighborhood beach. I mean, I've been out in that part of the river so many times where at low tide, you can walk a couple miles out. You can walk pretty much all the way to the channel, which right. is almost on the other side of the river. Uh, in, the, yeah. in that part of the James, and it's kind of eerie. Uh, we've been out duffing around on jet skis and tubing and everything when the tide was up, and not paying attention that it was going out. And then you wipe out, and like your head hits the, your head hits the sand, and you stand up, and it's like you know oh. mid thigh. You're like, well, I guess we should go back in now. It's a little shallow. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're two miles out, and it's only waist deep. Yeah, it's a really weird. Yeah, it's a weird feeling when you're two miles out out. But the, the tides actually do have a pretty significant tide there. So like high tides, like six feet deep. Um, so it's definitely not walkable water at high tide, but a low tide, it's yeah, it's about waist deep. It's about well, three, Chris, Chris three. Toe, I would, I yeah, would <laughs> it's about a three to four foot tide where we live. So it's um, and that depends on the time of year and, and the and the and the tidal cycle. But it's but then at the channel, it's it's fifty to seventy feet deep in the channel. So. Um, you don't want to go that far out, uh, especially not walking. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. Um, so they're terrified of water um, and they have this weird custom with uh, their first sisters and, and things of that nature. And all the while they're talking, Nadeev's getting more incredible Hulk mode and just getting more and more angry. Um, and, and the other women are just kind of like, um, is she okay over there? And goes, no, no, she, she's fine. Yeah, she, she, she does this. <laughs> 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 um this is a fantastic back and forth um and when i first read through it i didn't even catch on yeah i was having one of my stupid in moments where i'm i'm breezing through it i'm like where's this going where's this going and there would be one or two lines from from my uh you know value would say well the last ones use herbs i said i i didn't know that you guys used them and she's like i use what i use and she's grumbling and i'm thinking to myself i'm like dang i need to be a bit of a jerk like why do you got to answer him like that it's that's kind of uncalled for. But then they go and there's more back and forth between uh, the Maidens of the Spear and Egwene and Elaine. And then you get another line from Nynaeve, like stupid swords and all the stabbing and blah, blah, blah. And she's getting more. And I'm like, this, you're, you're kind of overreacting a little bit. Like everybody else is trying to be friends here and you're just freaking out. And then when the Aiel finally figure it out and they're like, uh, your friend is getting really angry. And Elaine and Egwene are like, yep, she is. And that's a good thing. I was like, oh, <laughs> Ian, you moron. It's on purpose. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they see the glow surround Nynaeve. And, you know, Egwene tries to watch the complicated flows that Nynaeve uses. But they are so complex that she can't even keep up. And just the, the skin just starts to heal like there's no wound over there. Uh, and of course the Aiel are all amazed. They're like, you know, well, that's in the next chapter. So that's how we end the chapter with her being healed. 
Yeah, when it so, when it finally comes together, uh, hopefully in the show they do this justice because it's it's kind of her grumbling in the background. But then when it finally comes together, the moment they're like, "It's better than all right," she is getting angry, and it is much better than all right. And then pow, the glow of Sidar surrounded Nynaeve suddenly. Gwen leaned forward, trying to see, and so did Elaine. And Dylan started up with a scream, eyes wide open. In an instant, Nynaeve mm-hmm. was easing her back down, and the glow faded. Dylan's eyes slid shut, and she lay there panting. Like, it's just yeah. a couple sentence climax there, but it's, I don't know, it was awesome. When I read it, I was like, whoa! Chris, I was also realizing how dumb I was at the same time. I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> And that's how we end this chapter. So any thoughts or anything we missed or any questions Jake you might have for them or? No, um, they've hit everything that I had highlighted. So I was just uh, nodding along knowingly, checking it out. Okay. There you go. We'll pause next time so you can drop a sure every now and then. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, Chris, anything from you? Anything else? No, Ian hit all of our highlights for us. Let's go around. So next time, everybody, just be on the Patreon account, and y'all can hear it and not have to worry about us going back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you get to hear this episode twice. Well, so we got to this chapter quick. So now, I'm gonna, and we can pause for a little bit. We can edit out the gap in time. I'll let you think some, Jake. But can can you think back to your, if not first time, early on reading through here? and like, well, first of all, how old were you when you first read this book? Um, I th- like yeah. 24. Okay, so still an adult. And, yeah. you know, a male with hormones, I'm assuming. So when you started reading about the Sister Wives, what was going through your mind? Because I'm starting to get a, some thoughts about this culture of women that, yeah. I don't know. What, what, what um, you I guess... Like, how can I be so scared yet so turned on at the same time? <laughs> you said it so much better. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, they're terrifying. But yeah. As a guy, you still you just you want to stay around close enough in case they need you for anything. <laughs> yeah. But obviously these women aren't gonna need anything from us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fine specimen. Maybe one thing. <laughs> one thing and one thing only. I am 6'6", six six, 360 pounds. I am a fine <laughs> specimen. Of <man>. Fine specimen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on to chapter 39. Uh, is it Threads in the Pattern. And Wheel of Time Symbol again. So we take off right, or take up right where we left off. Um, I, the, I, you are super impressed of Nynaeve's healing skills because oh, the wound's gone. It's like smooth skin there. And, um, and they're like, yeah, we've heard wise, wise ones can do this. We always thought it was just boasting. Like, um, we didn't think that this actually really could happen. So they're super impressed by, uh, the Aes Sedai and what the Aes Sedai could do. And, um, you know, Nynaeve's still no nonsense and kind of just, wants to get out of there. It's like, okay, where's the direction to the next town? We helped you out. We're, we're getting out of here now. And, um, um, and before they leave, that's where the whole conversation about crossing water comes. I did jump the gun there. Sorry guys. Um, it's all good. We're all doing two chapters at once. So that's where the conversation about crossing waters comes. 
Um, and you learn there's little water in the waste. Um, and you also learn a little bit more again about Aiel Custom because that's uh, where Elaine realizes that maybe she doesn't know as much about Aiel as she thought she did. And they start asking lots of questions about, you know, uh, the waste and, you know, about um, you know, why they're over there. And that's when they said, well, we're here looking for he who comes with the dawn um, and to talk about the prophecies of the IEL. Well, just kind of taken aback for a moment and looking at the chapter again. It, to rush away from the Aiel just seems so disturbing to me. Like, I think I would have tried to find a way. Like, if these, this woman says, like, I owe you a, a life debt. My water is your water. If you need to spill blood, I will spill it for you. I think I would have tried to find a way to take advantage of that and, and recruit some of these women to help me kill off the 13 Dark Ones. Yeah. Like... Like, I got some blood to spill. I got 13 lives, exactly. <laughs> That's <laughs> not a bad idea. And so on top of that, you know they already dislike anyone that's part of the dark group, so they'd yeah. probably be more than happy to come help with this little problem here. And yeah. you're also helping Rand in turn. Like, yeah, but you also get the sense that they don't 100% trust the Aiel. They've heard so many stories about Aiel and how vicious and, and, and you know, yeah, you hear just they as are. many stories about Aes Sedai. Uh, true. But now they are Aes Sedai, so that's, that's fine. Um, you know, I, they, they just don't trust them because they're I don't just think random. Maggie would want anybody in the group right now that she couldn't, if not control maybe that's not the word because she can't quite control Egwene right now that's coming to fully so, into submission yeah but i mean she definitely needs if she's going to add somebody to the party she needs to have like some heavy influence on them and um i don't i don't think she has that right now with these io ladies but sh strategy wise like i get what you're saying plus up your numbers with these badass warriors if there was a way that would definitely mm -hmm. be worth exploring yeah, and, and they also notice the tension that's there. And I think they comment like, well, we would never hurt you because you're eyes to die. And they're like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, yeah, we, we, we did something bad in the past. No one really knows what it is because they won't tell us. I think maybe the wise ones know, but they don't tell the rest of us. But um, we dishonored the, the eyes to die. And the, the legends go that if we do it again, um, you guys will all come, kill, come kill us with your bail fire. And they're like, bail fire? What, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> they're like, what? These, wait, wait, you don't know these maidens of the sphere are worried about death by finger blasting, so they, you know, they're, they're a little hesitant about uh, doing doing the dance with some Aes Sedai. Oh yeah, but I do like the way she responded. She didn't. She was like, you know, if you were to if you were to use your balefire on me, whatever, I still wouldn't attack you. I would I would dance with it, you know defensively mm -hmm. try and survive it, but still wouldn't attack them. So that's yeah. pretty cool. And they go into the whole entire thing about when they'll actually attack um, a woman. Like, you know, well, if you were carrying a, a sword or a spear, you know, we would assume you're a maiden. So we would attack you then. But if you obviously don't have, or not armed, uh, we're not going to attack you. Uh, yeah. So they, ha they, have a, they have a kind of a code of honor, even though they're kind of led, you know, rumored to be these barbaric people. They definitely have... A, a line of morals and ethics and they they don't just go killing everyone sure hey can we slide back a little bit um 
because I know we talked about this in depth before that you all that are listening now don't know about. But uh, when they're talking about, uh, what do they call him? The dude that they were looking for. And they were talking about, yeah, he who comes with the dog. The and then they were talking about like who he would be and how he's going to be born and everything. Uh, in her description, she says, except that now the wise ones say he is to be found here beyond the dragon wall. Blood of our blood mixed with the old blood raised by an ancient blood, not ours. I did have that circled. And most of it makes sense. Well, yeah, that's why I asked the question last time. It was like, who is Rand's father? Yeah. The last time we talked about this, I was like, you know, we focus so much on Tam as being Rand's daddy, but we, that's an assumption that we're making that's not true. So who is it? Who is it that has this blood? Who, who is Rand's mom? Who is Rand? I old woman. You know, we know that much, but. But then again, that's a good question. Like, was she just Who, a random warrior? Was she in charge of a group? Was she like a queen? Was she like... Who was Rand's brother? Who was Rand's sister? Who was Rand's aunt? <laughs> I want the whole family tree. <laughs> but, I mean, daddy and mommy are very important, so... Right? Sure. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. The part that hung... Yeah that hung up on me so the blood of our blood okay so mom's made into the spear mixed with the old blood uh so that would be dead right it's a lie old blood and that's and so that's hinting that it's not aiel blood or maybe maybe it is but just some older sect or tribe or i don't know but if it's not aiel then now we're back to time traveling tam Maybe Tam was there <laughs> fighting and he was about to go to blows with this woman and they got zapped through a portal stone to some alternate dimension that they lived in for nine months or or more, maybe a couple years until he finally knocked her up. And right before she was about to give birth, they zapped right back to the very moment they left and she gave birth and it was still Tam's baby. Mm. I, I mean, he, he nailed it right on the head. There's no point doing this podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And so, you know, time traveling Tam. Okay, so what's the, uh, what does the raised by an ancient blood, not ours, mean? That's Manaphrin. Yeah, the, you know, raised by village. It's all those, all those Manaphrin type people there. In the two rivers. Well, I thought the Manethrin was blood. Yeah. What? You're right. Old blood and ancient blood probably ought to be something different in this description. So I don't know. It's a it's a new theory I'm working on, Jake. Um, We'll flesh it out next time. We're still hashing it, flushing it out. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. 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 Yeah. So then, after all the prophecy talk, um, and they do slip up and tell them that they're heading towards Tear, which um, Nadeem's not really happy about, and they're like, "Ooh, tear, interesting." And they're like, "Why is it interesting?" Oh, nothing, just nothing. <laughs> um, and you know, while they're walking away, Elaine kind of says, "I think he comes to the Don's Rand." 
And O'Grain's like, yeah, I think so too. But let's not tell him anything. Let's just keep going. Yeah, so, no need to communicate. Although they no have folks are friend or foe. So I, I, it makes yeah. sense here. Yeah, it, true. But then again, like, I think I brought this up last time. Like, they're, like, really close to the chest about even thinking that it might be Rand. Whereas Perrin frees Gaul and he's like, yeah, look at the he comes up gone. Yeah, he's going to tear. <laughs> I know who that guy is. He just, he points up where he goes that way. He's going that way. That way. Yeah, he's, he's down over there. Good luck. So, good luck. Good luck. Good luck trying to catch him because we've been trying to catch him for like months now. He is fast. Maybe you can do a better job. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so they, they leave the group and uh, continue walking along. And then, next thing they know, they see um, some guys come out of the brush, um, uh, the bushes or the forest, and they're already swinging their slings. And next thing you see is blackness. On the coin. Um, so yeah, they got they they done got got again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the presidents of the United States have ruined this two word line for me. Whenever I see it in any book, or if I hear somebody shout "Look out!" Uh, it's um, immediately singing millions of peaches. Um, so that's <laughs> Elaine. Watch the trees. Though, and she was the one who suddenly screamed, Look out! <laughs> Millions of peaches. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a little uh, music dance break there for a moment. Good deal. So, yeah, um, when Egwene wakes up, she's bound on the back of a horse. Uh, there's a large number of men that are, she notices they're unwashed, kind of these dirty men. And um, dirty, over here is them talking. Dirty, dirty man. Um, yeah, and you know, overhears um, them talking a bit uh, before they knock her back out. So, um, thoughts about this little this little snippet that we get about you know what they're talking about. Well, we can see that there's a, a sizable. Uh, sorry, lost my thought. Ian, yeah, what were you gonna say? Uh, I was going to say, initially when I read this, I was concerned that the people that caught them might have had um, something like what Deshaun Chan did to be able to control them, keep them from channeling. Yeah. Because uh, I know that Egwene tried, but just couldn't, and then her head was throbbing when she tried, but she also just got walloped inside the head. Yeah, so it turns out that was more it. But for a brief moment, I was like, shit, are we, are we Sean Channing again? Is this happening? Huh. Or... Did they somehow get a hold of these collars, you know, or what's going on? I see. There we go. I, I kind of had that same frame of thought when it happened too. like, oh, my goodness, she got like Egwene's going to go off the rail because here she is trapped by these men again. And then the second thought entered my mind, well, maybe these are guys from the ship that decided to like follow and get ahead of the girls so they can capture them and then sell them into some type of like slavery or something like that some type of servitude so that definitely went from my mind yeah and i'm just i'm getting the feeling hopefully these folks are paying attention more to who they're talking to and how much they're telling and how much gold or whatever they're showing and we talked about this earlier for next week uh about how matt probably ought to be cautious of the same thing so Fast forwarding a couple chapters there. 
but yeah, that's, yeah. they, they got to look over their shoulder now and they got to be pretty mm-hmm. cautious about who they tell stuff because they're a target. Yeah. So in the next scene, they, she wakes up again. This time she's in a, uh, like a log hut, like a building that's made out of logs and rough stone. Um, she's unbound now. Um, and she overhears the captors, you know, uh, talking, uh, realizes they're locked in this room. There's a, a lock on the other side and they overhear him talking about, you know, I guess the tea or whatever they gave them that, um, they think it's going to keep them knocked out, but quickly realizes that these guys are idiots. And, um, the tea they gave them just basically is just ibuprofen. Um, yeah. <laughs> makes their mixed with vinegar, uh, which old yeah. wine is basically vinegar. Yeah, old, yeah. So it's basically old wine washed down some ibuprofen or Advil. Um, and they're like, yeah, that that's not going to keep us asleep. In fact, it just makes us even better. <laughs> Um, concussion no more so yeah exactly um and she goes and wakes up a naive uh notices that elaine is really hurt like there's a large gash on her head um and you know gets naive to start trying to heal them before they can assess the situation and, and get out of the get out of this room so let's talk about this whole scene anything in it that stuck yeah. out to you guys definitely gonna give naive her props again for her ability to heal and the, the layering of time, I know we spoke about it before, it was like, is this her manipulating the time around the wound to heal it, or is this something else? And, you know, that it's going to be a continual question until we get the way that the power works kind of explained greater. But the fact that they said it seemed like she was just laying layer upon layer upon layer when she healed the Aiel woman, and now she's sitting here healing uh, Egwene in the same fashion, or excuse me, Elaine in the same fashion. I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. And definitely a step up for Nynaeve uh, to realize now she didn't need her herbs at all. Uh, I, I'm sure it may help, and there's probably still a time and a place for it. Uh, but the fact that she didn't have the herbs with her is really what added to the anger, plus seeing Elaine laying there. Uh, and then she just very quickly busted out some sunshine and, and healed her. I think clearly yeah. the guys that captured them at this point, everybody's got to realize that they don't know what the heck they're doing. One horrible idea to leave these girls alone, even if you think they're locked up. But let, what do we know about Egwene? Uh, she's probably going to lash out the most when she's backed in a corner, and especially if she's locked up and feels like she's been captured again. So Egwene is ready to whoop ass and take names. Uh, Nynaeve, all you gotta do is get her angry. Well, one, you bashed her in the head. Then you bashed two of her good friends in the head, and one of them you bashed pretty good. So Nynaeve is pretty freaking pissed off right now. And Elaine, uh, I don't know what her super strength is right now, but let's just assume that having her there just adds to the strength of whatever, whatever attack these girls come up with. So, um, at this moment, now that they're all awake, and we know that the captors don't know that they're awake. I'm just waiting for it. Like something, yeah. something big is going to happen. It's about to go down. <laughs> Look exactly. <at>. Yeah. <laughs> so, and as they, you know, they kind of regroup. They're sitting there. Um, and Gwen starts to try to feel through the door to see how the, you know, to use a, a thin hair of a weed to kind of test the lock and see if she can break it. And as this is all happening. They overhear the captors now talking to a new group of party, a group group that came in. So three Mergel. 
have come in and they're they're looking through the rings on the table and they pick up Land's ring um, and put it back down and says, yep, these are the women that we're looking for. Thank you so much. You'll be rewarded greatly. Um, you know, and then as they're talking, he's like, are you sure they're knocked down? He's like, yeah, yeah, we gave them tons of this uh, this tea. They're, they're not waking up for hours. And he's like, I itch. And they turn towards the door because they that's how they feel that channeling's happening. And it's all kind of happens at once. Uh, Gwaine breaks the lock and crashes the door open. And as the door flings open, the door from the outside flies open and black veiled Aiel comes flooding in and all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Serendipity. It's almost like a coordinated attack. Hmm. Wait, so are, hmm. are any of the girls to vary? Because this is happening just way too perfectly. Hmm. Hmm. Sure. Hmm. Sure. Loyal's asleep. I can't ask him. I'm afraid to wake that dude up. He's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, so you get the scene where the IEL just make short work, at least of the men. They dice th- them up. <laughs> it is insane. Uh, just, you know, like one guy's pinned to the wall with a spear. And it's, <laughs> they're just, um, and, well, and then that, the girls are kind of sitting there. I would say that part, we, we assume that they would dice up the men real quick. But I think what was more impressive is even after all the men were killed and they've kind of somewhat back the the fades all together back to back and the circles getting smaller they describe that the fades they took some hits too they didn't go yeah. through that initial attack unscathed and yeah, now, one was holding his side the other one had a gash in its face so <laughs> yeah and and then the aiel close in well then they then they start to chant they start banging their their spears against their shields and chanting dance with me half men dance with me <laughs> <laughs> which, is just, which is just so badass uh the Aiel are yeah they're are, are crazy <laughs> no fear at all uh, and they've taken some losses i mean that gets explained later but um uh, well, yeah they, they still they have their strength in numbers and they have this desire to kill all that are evil so yeah and, and they don't show fear at all so that's one thing that you'll notice is that like there's so much of a warrior culture um and this comes with with training and things like that in nature i mean a really hardened soldier um, but most people, they stare at a Mergel and, you know, they, they are terrified and, and, you know, remember Rand in the very first books where every time you saw a fade, I, and that's one of the powers of fades, you, you know, they say that the, 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 what is it, the, 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 the stare look the of the eyeless is, is fear. Yeah, it's fear. Um, but the Aiel don't even show fear at all. Um, in any of this, they're just, yeah, let's, let's do go. it. Let's go. <laughs> That's going to make it even better if somehow you could be inside the head of the Merdral right now. Because one of their greatest weapons is being able to like instill fear in people, right? And Yeah, it's paralyzing fear, quite literally. Yeah, but they just saw all the guys around them get diced up. They got messed up a little bit. They're back to back to one another. And then the, the people that did this are surrounding them and slowly creeping forward going, thum, 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 thum. The like shit's yeah. about to be real. Like they're they're probably if if fades do pee, I don't know how their metabolism works or anything or digestive process, but they're probably peeing their pants right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this, I mean, the, the whole banging the spears and everything like that. That's that, I mean, that goes back to ancient warrior societies. I mean, the Greeks and the especially the Greeks, uh, their stories of 
you know, whether it's uh, the Trojan War and 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 the and the siege of Troy and the banging the spears with the whole uh, the hoplites would all bang their spears and uh, yeah. and then also other stories in Romans where the where the barbarians would do that as well to the, to try to terminate the Roman army. Um, it's too make it sound loud. And, it it inspires your own ranks. It it kind of coordinates the, the attack. It kind of hypes up your own men, but at the same time, uh, it's almost like. You know, we were saying the fades, they instill a, a paralyzing fear into their victims, but that's what the Aeol are doing with this thump, 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 and creeping forward. They're doing it to them. So, yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah, so at, at this point, um, the three girls do embrace the source, and Egwene and Elaine start to throw fire at the merge wall, and they start to screech and, and start to burn up, uh, but it's not really killing them yet. It's definitely... Definitely hurting them a lot. And then Nadia's over there, not doing anything, just getting mad and more and more angry. And all of a sudden, out of her hands, a white bar of light fires out. And and everything just changes. It shimmers almost, and they just kind of disappear. <laughs> like Bellfire. It's Bellfire. Yep. Why are we calling it Bellfire? Um, Is that what y'all are going to do to me? Are you going to make me the, be the one? This is called finger blasting. This is finger blasting, hundred <laughs> percent. Didn't even know she was doing it, and I still think of Holy Grail every time when it's now her and when Rand did it. It's just random zap the lightning out of the finger. Yeah, out of the finger. Yeah. It's not. It's not quite lightning. It's not quite fire. It's more like a white laser. It's like a single bar of light. Yeah, super brighter bright. than the sun. Brighter than the sun. And, it, and it's not even like it burnt them up. So the fire was burning them and the air, they were getting pushed together. But when she zaps them, they ceased to exist as if they had never been. Like, and I man, I know we went back and forth on this. Like, I mean, what does that mean? What does this bail fire mean? Are you removing them from the timeline? Because let's flash back a little bit more when Galzaman's talking about with Rand, you know, if you're alive or you're dead, it doesn't matter because I can still use you when you're dead. So supposedly there's this afterlife or something where you still exist and can be used, but here it's ceased to exist. So is it full? You are gone. There is no afterlife. There is no reincarnation. There's no another turn of the wheel for you. You're zapped. All right. So let's, let's expand on that. What do you think exactly? So you think they're just zapping them completely out? Like what, what, what? It's like they get removed from the weave. Like I think that's what we kind of were alluding to is that their their purpose in the pattern gets completely removed and the pattern then shifts to adjust and puts the emphasis on a different character. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Now again, I know we're getting this from a perspective of somebody who doesn't know, but still that's that's interesting language that they cease to exist as if they'd never been. Like there's not a speck of them left. That's yeah. I get, I get the feeling just fully, completely removed, snipped from not just mm. that timeline, but maybe all of them. Interesting. Interesting. So, I mean, do do you think? Uh, I mean, so I, I guess yeah. We'll we'll talk about that. I guess more as time goes on. Um, mm. I'm sure Balefire will come back. <laughs> yeah, this is a one and done. That's tragic. Yeah, no, well, I mean, Rand's been using Balefire too. We know that. So yeah. <laughs> it's, 
He just said, both of them have no idea what they're doing. The, the plus side is at least naive now gets explained by the IEL. They're like, yeah, you just bail fired them. And he's like, oh, is that what that is? <laughs> so pretty crazy there. Bailfire. It's weird. It's wicked cool. We'll learn more, maybe. Finger Possibly. Blaster. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I Finger Blaster. More about um, and the battle's over. Nynaeve gets really pissed because she just finds out that the woman she just healed died. And I would be upset, too. Uh, that's a lot of work for just that to happen, and it's kind of sad. Too. Um, yeah. And you know, as she's all upset about it, the group leader comes in. Um, his name's Rook. Um, he's the one of the clan chiefs, and they kind of talk about that. And he doesn't seem upset really at all. Uh, he's just like, "Oh, I'm time to go." Um, I, I like that uh, when he comes in. He, um, one of the first things he says is, uh, "I said I, I for one am glad of." Uh, whatever it is you did like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the, the maidens when they said they knew the Aes Sedai could use Balefire remember they didn't really know what that was so mm-hmm. I wonder if they've even connected the dots or at this point maybe with the adrenaline wearing off they just don't even care but he didn't call it Balefire he didn't call it finger black mm-hmm. and he just says whatever that whatever that shit was um, thank you yeah yeah and this is also where Rourke uh, delivers his amazing line um, that I have to always repeat because, uh, you know, for, for the young, death is an enemy they wish to try their strength against. For those of us a little older, she's an old friend, an old lover, but one we are not eager to meet again soon. Yeah. So, yeah. And we talked about that last week, too, just about, you know, a soldier that's been in, uh, seen death a lot. Um you know, you get that different perspective towards death than you do when you're a young, fresh out of the boot camp, ready to go fight the world. Um, and you know, your first firefight, you know, it's, it's, you want to test your strength. You want to, then, you know, you lose a couple of buddies. And I think you, you talked about all that. It's it um, definitely changes. Yeah, it changes your perspective on. Yeah. I know I went on a longer rant about it last time, but if, if you want to, I don't know, make it a little bit shorter, I mean, just imagine. Uh, and, and this kind of happened to me. I can picture the faces of these guys. Uh, you get boots on ground. You're getting ready to go on your first mission. You're in that briefing room. And in that room, you've got your squad. You've got a couple of young 18, 19-year-olds. And they're the most gung-ho, like, yeah, can't, can't wait to go get these effers. And da-da-da-da-da. You know, they're smoking their cigarette and half a can of dip in their mouth and everything. And then... You know, you got the little bit older, maybe has one deployment under his belt, you know, sergeant who's kind of chucking along with him because he's like, yeah, you know, I still got it in me. You know, let's go fight the fight. And then you got your, your E6, your E7, your sergeant first class, usually your platoon sergeant that, you know, at the time I deployed in 06, uh, all, all of our platoon sergeants probably had three deployments under their belt and had most definitely seen some shit and lost some folks and everything. And they are by far the most deadly person in the room. Uh, and when push comes to shove, they're going to run first to the firefight and do everything they can to protect their guys and, and whatnot. They will probably be the most badass out there. However, they're not eager for it and they're not begging for it. But uh, yeah, in the back of their mind, if, if it comes along, they're, they're ready to dance again. 
Yep. And kind of kind of matures you, will sobers you up. I don't know if it's a maturing, but it, it changes the, the older you get. Yeah. And and they're just uh, I mean, like I said, the the Aiel are just happy that the the, the the Fays are dead. You know, they're joking around, they're giving Rourke a hard time um, about him being gone. Like, well, who's who's watching after your your clan if you're gone? It's like I don't know. They'll, they'll figure it out. <laughs> just laughing about. It. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, and, and you get this idea that once again, this warrior culture, they're just very fatalistic about things, and um, and then they turn to Andy or. And, um, Avienda and, uh, and found out that she was actually following them. You know, like, how'd you get here so fast? Like, well, I followed you. Um, when you got captured, I was only like a hundred yards behind you <laughs> or hundred paces. Um, which they're like, really? Like you're that close, which begs two questions. One, why were they following them? Um, which I think they kind of answer. And two, they're that badass. <laughs> What do you say? Yeah, the second one's not really a question. And answered. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not wrong. And we saw that earlier with the Glane going, why is she saying we? There's nobody else here. But they were there. (laughs) You just couldn't see them. Uh, So they had skills. And we didn't even bring this up before, but the fact that they're able to kind of track and I guess Nynaeve was was unconscious during the, the traveling portion of this, but. Um, Nynaeve never really picked up on the extra ones that were around when they first met and at mm-hmm. least before getting thumped on the head didn't realize that they were being followed and from what we got from her early on in Eye of the World um, she seemed to have heightened skills when it came to tracking and, and probably I, I mean usually the reverse is true you know knowing if you're being tracked yeah so. Indeed. Um, can I ask a real quick question sure so uh, Rort mentions, um, said the Sept Chiefs will take their turns and try to decide if they truly wish to go to Rudian when I die. It's the second time we've heard Rudian in these two chapters. I just flipped back and um, Bane and Chiot are kind of talking about it. Um, they mention if or if she has chosen to go to Rudian um, because a wise one cannot be wedded to the spear. So what do you guys think of this location and like what about it for or like what's so special about it for the IO? All right, I'm reading through this line again to make sure I'm not thinking about this wrong. The Sep Chiefs will take their turns and try to decide <clears throat> if they truly wish to go to Ridion when I die. I would not have come to So, uh, so he mentioned going there, and also like the the uh, the girls mentioned going there. Yeah, that they mentioned the only way they get rid of becoming made of the spear is if they choose to go to Rudian and become a wise one. Yeah, and we heard about that uh, before with the first IO we ran into, right? When yeah, with Varen. Varen um, asked yeah. about it, and they uh, and the other Aiel, um, I think it was Urin. Uh, was his name Urian? Um, yep. and he refused to Urian. answer any questions at all from Varen about it. Like, he was like, yeah. I'll answer almost yeah. all your questions, but I won't talk about that with you. Um, besides, I don't know. know. I'm not, he said, besides, I don't know. I'm not a clan chief or a wise man. Um, but anything I do know, I won't tell you. <laughs> Is it kind of like their version of a white tower? Well, I mean, I guess the clan chiefs, which for those that want to be clan chiefs, the men would have to go there also. 
um, well, maybe they're clan chiefs or some version of a warder. So that might not be too far off of a comparison. You know, maybe, maybe it's their version of the White Tower. They train the women up and train up their All right, I'm, uh, I'm going to steal this from our, our chat cool. because I have to. Um, so Farstrider, one of the people listening to us right now, says the first rule of Rudian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do not talk. Hey <laughs> <laughs> right, guys, I heard about this really cool place called Rudian. Uh, I showed up late, so I missed the first rule. But yeah, let me tell you about everything else. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta find that guy that missed the first rule. See if he's still not talking. So it's actually Fight Club. That's what um, that's what it is, um, and that's why the the clan chiefs go. They go to fight. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's why you can't talk about it. That's why you can't talk about it. Um, and then, uh, so that's actually how this entire book ends. Is actually it's the prequel to Fight Club, and then they come up Project Mayhem. And... I knew it. <laughs> so um, when I first read through this. And I was reading kind of quickly, and when he mentioned it, I didn't even make the connection that had been brought up before. Uh, and then he, you know, talked about when he died. I had to reread it because I was like, "Wait, is this like a Valhalla type thing?" But he was referring not where he would go if he died, but where where the clanches or where the place him would need to go. So, yeah. assuming actual physical location, maybe not on this plane. Maybe it's in a mirror world. I don't know. Hmm. Interesting. Mean that we can yeah. zap doodle from one spot to another. Yeah. <laughs> so after they, they kind of wrap up this cold conversation, um, they'd start heading off to the next village and, um, and uh, I yield offered to escort them and they kind of say, Oh no, we're good. And they said, no, we insist. And it's like, well, we have horses. You won't be able to c- catch up, which they think is hilarious. They're like, really? <laughs> I can outrun your horse. <laughs> <laughs> I can outrun your horse a mile. I can outrun your horse 10 miles. <laughs> I want to see. And they, I got some beer balls. <laughs> what did you say? Nothing. I was being crude. Uh, oh, I, I want to see a foot race between Loyal and the fastest Aiel. Mm. We have to have some change in elevation. Let's throw some hills in there. because I think that'll help Loyal out some. He, he seems more okay. torquey than, you know, top end horsepower sort of guy. Oh, but that would, that would actually be an interesting foot race um, in, in the in the in this world's Olympics. Yeah. Ogier versus Aiel. <laughs> Who's the fastest um, versus the best stallion? Um, so, yeah, but they, they think they're just boasting, but then they start to pick at their pace of the horses and Aiel just keep pace. No problem at all. Like just yeah. running right along. And I don't think she was boasting, but. Uh, Evan, Evanda, Evanda, how do we say her name again? Evanda. Evanda. She goes, I will race you 10 miles and we shall see who wins, your horse or I. Uh, and these don't seem like a boastful people. And she just threw down 10 miles against a horse, like, no big deal. That's, that's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. And then the next line, Rourke's like, I will race you 20. Yeah. That's, <laughs> they're, they're all like, yeah, this is no big deal. Why are we? Yeah. Why, why are we? Yeah, we'll, we'll, couldn't. we'll escort you. So they go to escort them and they get to the next village. They part ways with the Aiel and they go find um, another boat captain. 
um, who has a slower boat, but you know, it's the only boat there. So they negotiate and they get on board. Ta-da. Ta-da. And that's the end, the end of the chapter <laughs> before we switch over to our different characters. Obviously. Um, so what happens in the next two chapters. I wonder what happens. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so, curious. so the next Any chapters are. I'm not going to tell you the next. You already guys know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anything we missed? But Any, uh, oh, go ahead. Speaking of the next chapters, though, um, they do kind of talk about like the um, the war in Kyrian a little bit. Like, not really talk about it, but you can kind of see sure little things here and there. Mm-hmm. They kind of mention things. So just just wanted to point that out. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to see how involved the girls get in that, or if they just scoot past it by staying on boat and on the river most of the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And like war torn nations. I mean, that's something that I mean. Just look at. I mean, I hate to use this as an example, just because it is it's it's horrific what's happened there. But like you look at you, you can look at like a satellite map of Syria from like three years ago and the amount of lights um, just inside the cities and how dark it is now. It's gotten better in the recent, Oh, I don't know recently, but, um, but it's been war torn ever since ISIS started their whole caliphate, which is, I guess, I don't know how many years ago now. Um, yeah. But, but um, yeah. So, I mean, you can just see from satellite pictures, like how much, what a war torn country will do. Like it just overnight went from a prosperous nation to a, oh, um, yeah. Well, just there's, a shell of itself. there's huge swaths of land where there's absolutely no infrastructure anymore. I mean, there's some city centers that are still able to, um, you know, put out electricity, running water, all that jazz. But yeah, like you said, it's pretty bad. And it can happen yeah. quick. Yeah, it can. So anything else we miss, missed or didn't cover? I mean... We had Balefire. We had a bunch of IEL characters. Do you think these IEL characters are going to be, you know, come up again? I mean, oh, we had yeah, a lot definitely. of names. Rand is, um, those are going to be the ones that Rand taps into first. Okay. Yeah. I, I still think um, in, unless we're missing something with the IEL prophecy and they're supposed to sacrifice Rand when they find him, I don't think that's the case, but you, know, you never know with Jordan. Um I, I'm I'm excited for them to eventually officially link up either with one of our parties that's traveling around or obviously with Rand and see what happens with that. And I still feel pretty strong that part of what is going to help Rand get his shit together is going to be the relationship he builds with the Aiel. And, it, it, and hopefully, you know, I don't have a whole lot to base this on. This is just kind of what, what my heart is hoping for. Like there's a little symbiosis there. They they help him overcome some of his problems with being able to control and not go crazy. And he helps unite the tribes of Aiel or whatever. And you know they become part of uh, part of his armies or something. So I don't know. A lot of things could happen. Yeah, it's like the yeah okay yeah. So the was it Tonga or yeah the Tonga Tonganese island. So. Uh, when Captain Cook first went there, they named it the Friendly Island. So yeah. This is what it reminds me of. Um, because they actually um, were a cannibalistic headhunting society. And they were really nice to them because they wanted to eat them. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 figure out how to kill the baby. They me up so much. <laughs> yeah. And they, oh, they, they, they could so they named they they ended up naming them the friendly islands and then leaving. <laughs> it wasn't until like years later when it when people came back and they actually found out from their their oral traditions that that the reason why they're friendly is because they were going to kill them. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe the Aiel are you know yeah they're looking for them because they actually yeah they want to sacrifice them and eat them. That's um that's that's part of their prophecy. <laughs> uh, can't rule anything out. We don't know. Yeah, you have to. You have to be careful in different parts of the world. I mean, we when I was in um, uh, Malaysia, they they said they don't do it anymore, but they said there was headhunters in the in some of the jungles that we trekked through. Um, at least they're just one or two generations back, where they would you know shrink heads and capture you know people that weren't from their territory to as prizes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Got to be careful. If you don't know if you don't know the culture, you have to you have to walk really really on eggshells. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, um trying to think uh anything else that we might have missed. I think we got everything. Got the highlights. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anything from you, Jake? Anything that you questions you had written down or any No, the only thing I kinda had was from the uh, the first chapter that we did of Egwene kind of trying to wrap her head around the maidens by comparing them to like a mix between a warder and a red uh, a red Aja sister and then she's like actually it's more like a warder and a green Aja sister and I'm like actually no they're their own thing again. yeah but so we we do that whenever we meet someone new or run into something new like the human brain we try to place them into categories into something familiar so when it's totally new when it's a completely new culture um, so, uh, I used to be a chaplain assistant. I think I mentioned this, I do, uh, civil affairs now, and that's, that's part of what we train on, uh, because it, I've already run into this, there's situations where you might get, uh, thrust into a culture and you have a very short amount of time to do research about it. And you just, you have to try not to do what she did. Essentially try not to immediately relate what you're seeing to something you already know. You have to really keep your mind open and yeah. really hear what they're saying and see what they're doing to give a fair new assessment, you know? But uh, I didn't judge her too harshly when she was doing that because it's, I mean, it's natural. We, we try to fit things into neat little boxes of how we understand the world. And sometimes by doing that, we totally miss the mark, which she was missing the mark. You're right. Right. Yeah. And that's all I got. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Jake, thank you so much for uh coming on um again. Um and uh <laughs> make yourself available again. Um uh we appreciate it. Hopefully when I hit stop recording, we get everybody's tracks and we don't have to do this a third time. I don't if it's the third time, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. I, I think we might just squash it, squash these two yeah, chapters. chapters the, the, miss, the missing chapters. Uh, <laughs> yeah, time, that's what Jim and I said. If this falls through, it'll be the running joke. Like every episode, we'll be like, and eventually we're going to go back and record blah, blah, blah chapter. Years from now, like we'll do it three or four. Never. Now. <laughs> or no, just, exactly. just reference the hidden chapter anytime uh, yeah. something, there's something, something unexplained. Something's like, yeah, on. we talked about it in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> look for it, and it's not there. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember that time when we talked about rank? Yeah. yeah, chapter 38 and chapter 39 of The Dragon Reborn. That's when we talked about this. <laughs> I predicted this. I predicted it. It was there. Um, so, anyway, how we can be found at the wheel reads at Gmail or well, at the wheel reads and Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at the wheel reads at gmail.com is our email address. The wheel reads.com uh, is our website. Uh, we can be supported two different ways. Actually, we can support just by you listening to us. Uh, we, we appreciate that. And that is the number one way you support us. Otherwise, Patreon, uh, we do have that. Um, check it out we have lots of cool stuff you can get you can listen to us record episode multiple times um which is kind of cool <laughs> um, you know and then um as well we do uh merch uh we have merchandise t-shirts frosty mugs hats all sorts of cool stuff that can be found on our website the link's there um, and in a wonderful discord community as well so um, about 400 people on our Discord server. Um, it's pretty active. Uh, we have lots of different channels for lots of different things, real-time related and non-real-time real-time related, and a great, um, I guess, a way of protecting first-time readers as well. Uh, we, we pride ourselves on that. So if you're a first-time reader following along with us, feel free to, if you want to join the community, come on in. Uh, we, we, we set it up in a way that you, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, you can get around it. And, you know, both Ian and Chris are both on our server, and I think they can attest that they're not spoiled there. Um, oh, yeah. We got people, there's people that are protecting the first time readers, and they do a good job. We try, you know? we, we try hard. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, they're, they're protected. So, yeah. Um, so um, come join there. Um, other than that, you know, whatever listen, our platform you listen to us on, you know, feel free to like us subscribe to us share us with your friends uh write a review um i get those i go check them like once a month i haven't checked in a while um because i have to go to a different website to see the reviews but um i appreciate them you guys when you guys write something nice are are mean um you know it's fine i I do appreciate just reading what people think um it gives good feedback um our you know our makes me feel good inside if it's a good review (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> makes me makes me feel better about myself or hard about myself one of the two um but that's all i got for this week so anything for you guys until next time peace thank you for listening to the wheel of reads see y'all next time <laughs>